Former That 70s Show star and Scientologist Danny Masterson is sentenced to 30 years in prison after multiple women have accused him of allegations that have been proven to be true in court. As we look at some of the creepy grooming that was even talked about publicly from that show, as well as other shows during a similar era that has helped to lead generations into a vortex of sexual captivity and enslavement. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at a number of stories, specifically not only Danny Masterson of That 70s Show, but also some of the actual content of the shows during the late 80s, early 90s, and so forth that people were watching, that were pushing an agenda that has led many people to be captive to things much stronger than iron. But before we do, we'd love for you, if you feel so led, to like this video as well as subscribe to the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel. And if you feel so led, you're listening via podcast, leave a five-star review. That just helps us to get up that algorithm in order to have more people hear about this because we're going to be talking about more than simply what people have fallen into, but ultimately how we ever get to a place where this sort of degrading and disgusting behavior happens. And for those who don't know, Danny Masterson, the actor from That 70s Show, is getting 30 years in prison. And I want to read from the report about what happened because he is being sentenced for something that he did in the height of his fame when he was one of the stars of That 70s Show. Allison Anderson, a lawyer representing two of the victims, said in a statement sent to the BBC News that the women, quote, have displayed tremendous strength and bravery by coming forward to law enforcement and participating directly in two grueling criminal trials. Now, why do you think that it would be grueling to go through this? Obviously, just having to state these allegations can be a grueling process, but it's been much worse for them. Why, you may ask? Well, because, of course, Danny Masterson is a part of the Church of Scientology, and they are well known for their tactics of quieting allegations against people in the organization. Quote, despite persistent harassment, obstruction, and intimidation, these courageous women helped hold a ruthless sexual predator accountable today, she said. Throughout the trial, prosecutors argued that the Church of Scientology had helped cover up the assaults, an allegation the organization has categorically denied. At the time of the attacks, Masterson and all three of his accusers were Scientologists. Several of the women said it took them years to come forward because the Church of Scientology officials discouraged them from reporting the misconduct to police. Scientology officials told one survivor she would lose her membership of the community unless she signed a non-disclosure agreement and accepted a payment of $400,000, according to the prosecutors. During the trial, Judge Almedo allowed both sides to discuss the dogma and practices of Scientology, which angered the organization. In court on Thursday, one woman described being shunned by her own mother 
who is still a practicing Scientologist. Quote, she texted me and told me to never contact her again. She warned me ahead of time. She wanted to see Danny Masterson locked away for what he had done to me, but not at the expense of her religion. Another woman said she had been victimized by the Church of Scientology ever since she spoke out. Quote, since the week I came forward to the police, I have been terrorized, harassed, and had my privacy invaded daily by the cult of Scientology for almost seven years now. But she said, adding, quote, but I don't regret it. Now, these are not the first females and to come out and express being stalked, specifically, actually, Leah Romini, the former actress and now activist against the Church of Scientology, talks specifically about how you don't get kicked out of the Church of Scientology for doing wicked things. It's simply only if you come against the Church of Scientology. Just so everybody knows, a Scientologist in good standing could be somebody who's committed. What doesn't get you kicked out of Scientology is committing crimes. What is a crime in Scientology? Reporting the crime to law enforcement. Correct. That's That's exactly right. Because people yep. have been asking, will Danny be will Danny be um, expelled? Why would he be expelled? He didn't commit a Scientology. He he didn't break Scientology's laws. He's not saying, which is true. I told my church that I had done this. My right. church didn't report it to the police. My church is. My yeah. church said they'll fix this. Ponchon, I have a ponchon for doing these things. I mean, he hasn't done that. Right. I know. So he hasn't turned against and said anything negative about Scientology. James so he's Barber, still okay. We talked about what James Barber was, was being accused of and what he admitted to. He's not an expelled member of Scientology. Right. Right. Lying to the authorities is a Scientologist in good standing committing crimes or or withholding information or these are not things that get you expelled in Scientology. Right. Talking about it does and yes. going to the authority does suing Scientology. Those are the crimes, everybody. Now, this is something that obviously, as you're listening to that, it's pretty disturbing to think that all these things get covered up and they really do try to hush, hush people in any sort of organized religion or people that are hushing people from having misconduct done to them is something that needs to be exposed and brought to light. And it is heartbreaking. And what many people don't realize is, although now it's something that might have been happening in secret, we actually can look back at interviews that have taken place all along with not only Danny Masterson, but Mia Kunis as well as Ashton Kutcher, as all of them talk about the fact that when Mia Kunis was actually a part of that 70s show, she was 14 years old, while co-stars like her now husband, Ashton Kutcher, was 20, and Danny Masterson was 22. And in fact, not only are these allegations talked about in terms of the grooming that looks like happened to Mia Kunis, But when you actually look at Danny Masterson himself, he's gone on late night talk shows and talked about, which many people thought was in jest with Conan O'Brien, about exposing himself to people. You have no 
accent, though. You have no Long Island accent that I can discern. Not really. I've been in L.A. for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it just goes away naturally, right? It, it goes away naturally, and then there's also certain words that there's nothing you can do about. Like my friend Bodie Elfman, he always teases me, and he says, Hi, my name is Danny Masterson. Would you like to touch my balls? <laughs> you know, doing now, an imitation of me. Because certain so words you just can't get why are you asking people with. to do that? That's the more important question. I mean, you got them. Yeah, right, right. You know what I mean? Accent aside. Everybody should grab. That's the more important thing. Exactly. Um, I've heard about you, uh, and you'll be caught soon. I know you will. I will. Not only has Danny Masterson talked about that, he even talked about how Mila Kunis was even more attractive when she was much younger. I ended up getting the job, and uh, I didn't Working know. Yeah, and she was as hot as she was. You know, come on, this one. fourteen. Fourteen, she was even hotter. Fourteen, she was even hotter. And Ashton Kutcher even talked about a bet that these guys had concerning kissing Mila Kunis. You know what's funny is when she was she was 14 when we started the show, I was like 19, right? Right. And they're like, okay, you guys are going to be making out in this scene. And I'm like thinking like, wait, I this is like slightly illegal, right? I was going to say, that's right? probably your first kiss ever, right? It was my first kiss. Why don't you tell what bet you made with Danny about our first kiss? No, it wasn't the first kiss. <laughs> no, it was like a second actually. or third kiss. It was the first, it was like the first week. No, it was not the first week. Whatever, let me tell you what All happened. Right, what no, let me no, tell no, you what happened. No, no, okay, yeah. so I've never kissed yeah. a guy, so okay. I, was, I was so, I mean, you know, Ash was attractive, and yeah. I was a 14-year-old little girl, and I was extremely scared for my life. Sure. And it, he, he was very nice about it. He was like, oh, don't worry. So I was like, okay. Then Danny goes and goes, dude, I'll give you $10 if you French kiss her. What would you stick my stick your tongue in my mouth or some? What? No, 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 no. For ten dollars. You're making it sound like it was like really. Uh, it, okay, Dan, we had a little side bet yeah, going. Yeah. Like, Which was? It wasn't very As to whether or not, you know, like you know, you're kissing on the show or boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. You would use tongue, right, Rosie? Like, I mean, you would. You, you, it I depends mean, what kind of an actor you are. I absolutely, guess. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So Danny bets me like 20 bucks that I wouldn't do it. And of hey. course I'm like, yeah, sure, what's the deal? You and know? then the cop showed up and you got arrested <laughs> pretty much. Interestingly enough, not only did the actors have this bet with the uh, about the young 14-year-old, but Mila went on a talk show as well and talked about how she basically was kissing everyone on the show. I'm worried about you on the show because you keep boy hot. What? Because I'm the whore in the show? I think so. I know. It's, it's upsetting to my parents as well. I Off camera, I know you're such a nice lady. Thank you're you. You're what, you're all of 19. Yes. Yeah. And and and, and you're you're in the show, though. You're you're just I'm hot. the one who's kissed every single guy in the show except for Topher. Except for Topher Grace. And, yeah, and in fact, I've kissed Laura's boyfriend, Chris, who guest starred on our show. So I've kissed the Mastersons. I've kissed everybody. That's so wrong, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, quite wrong yeah and what do the writers they just throw it they don't care no they really just i don't know what they're thinking and interestingly enough when we actually look at this and we see her saying that and it's really hard to listen to and know that the directors and writers were putting this little girl up to all of this but even in their private life uh wilmer valderrama who from that 70s show actually played uh the character known as fez because he was a foreign exchange student People have pointed out the fact that it seemed like he was into the grooming business as well because Wilmer Valderrama, there is a song by Demi Lovato, someone who a lot of you know has seemingly been just all over the place with a lot of her beliefs, whether it is being trans or whatever and then switching back and getting annoyed and now just hating on Christians. But before that, she was a very young girl. In fact, there is a song by her called 29, 
where most people are pointing out that this song is about Wilmer Valderrama because he was about 29 years old when they started a relationship when she was underage. And it's really, really sick when you look at it. And it really seems like with that 70s show that permeating in the culture of that show was a lot of people saying some weird things. Even Ashton Kutcher, when he talked about Hillary Duff when she was 16, he uh, joking about it actually mentioned how with Hillary Duff, everyone is just waiting for her to turn 18. I mean, it's pretty sick that that was just normative for people to talk that way, even on shows like Punked, which he was in that statement saying, was talking about her because he was punking her. Hillary Duff is in Lizzie McGuire. She also has an album out. Um, she's going to be in a movie called Cheaper by the Dozen. And she's one of the girls that we're all waiting for to turn 18, along with the Olsen twins. And we look at this and we see this and we notice that the writers are instituting this, that this 14-year-old girl is going to kiss every guy in the show and she's going to talk about hooking up. And, and as she grows through the show, people are going to see her groomed this way. And it just seems like that is the narrative. And one of the things that was really interesting was somebody who recently became the middleweight champion in the UFC, Sean Strickland, he talked about growing up in the 90s, a very similar age to me. And a lot of these shows were really big. I watched it growing up. I was not a believer at the time. And I watched this show growing up and you see them sitting around in the basement smoking weed. You sit, you see them, younger people talking about hooking up and doing this and trying to hook up with someone's mom or whatever it may be. And you hear all that and realize that it's kind of all over the place. And it just seems like these were the role models that were given out. And while Sean Strickland has said very racist comments, Sean Strickland has said very perverse comments. He is not a believer, does not know the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things that he says here is something that really resonated because when you look back in that era, he's going to talk about the role models there in the 90s. And they're just simply not there. I grew up in the 1990s. Like I had no positive role models in my life. I grew up on 1990s Hollywood. As I grow up and I start making more money, I look back at all these influences I had and how detrimental to me. I lied. I cheated on my girlfriend. I've done so much bad shit, bro, that as a man, I have to look myself in the mirror and say, I did this. And why did this happen? It happened because I had no real positive male role models in my life. I had nobody telling me not to be a piece of shit. Being a piece of shit was encouraged. So I think the best thing you do, if you're a man, especially a young man, turn the shit off, turn the shit off, man. It's only going to make your life harder. And what's interesting when you hear him say that and what really stuck out to me is that is true. And, and the truth is we need to have Jesus Christ as our ultimate role model. And what the Bible describes is have leaders of the faith uh, that have guarded us in the faith, who have taught us in the faith and that we should try to emulate them in their faith in Christ. And as Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So that needs to be our ultimate role model. But it is true that this culture has been permeated with sexual promiscuity. It is true that there are there is a lack of true role models that have uprightedness, that have any, even I would say, common grace when it comes to having some moral compass. They just don't have it. Their ethics are all off. And it's something that is very big and was continuing in the 90s. In fact, Zach Morris was one of the biggest characters in Saved by the Bell. And I was a huge fan of the show growing up, watched it typically before I went off to school. 
And his real name is Mark Paul Gossler. And he was recently with three of the cast members from the show Boy Meets World. They have a new show called Pod Meets World, where they talk with different stars and talk about their old roles in the show. And Mark Paul Gossler actually talked about how embarrassed he is now because guess what? He has children now. And he's recognized this because he has daughters that some of the storylines in there, and this is a show that was dedicated for young people. This was, Saved by the Bell was not made for a bunch of grownups to watch. It was made for kids to watch. And he actually talks about how one of the episodes, he takes the character of Lisa Turtle and he was having her kiss all these different boys in order to pay off the credit card that she had basically maxed out from her parents and how disgusting it was and how uncomfortable he is now because of it. In in terms of like storylines, the one that I think we had to be most, well, there was a few. There was a, there was one where I was basically whoring out Lisa Turtle, um, oh. you know, to, to, to like charge people to kiss her without her consent. Oh, oh God. That was oh, a, God. that was a, that was a tough one. And in the nineties, it was not just saved by the bell, but somebody who kind of reminded me of Zach Morris was James Vanderbeek in Dawson's Creek. And then when you look at James Vanderbeek, maybe you think Dawson's Creek, which also permeated disgusting behavior. The first episode is uh, about adultery and so forth. And then it just gets worse and worse as it goes along. But he also starred in a film called Varsity Blues, and Varsity Blues is a horrendous film, uh, coming-of-age film uh, about, I mean, it's about a football team, but there is a lot of stuff going on. And one of the most popular scenes is the fact that when they go to a strip club, the stripper that they come in contact with and end up partying with is none other than their teacher, And I mean, this is that fantasy that they're trying to get. And so many people have to realize this, that people are going after your children. And how does somebody like Danny Masterson get to a place where he is taking advantage of women this way? How does anybody get to a place where they're doing the disgusting sexual behaviors that they are doing that are so far outside of the scope and practice of Scripture? And I believe that answer is... Pornography. I believe that pornography is the starting point, and so many people don't realize that it's happening at a younger and younger and younger age. People used to not have computers in their hands. They used to not, they used to have one computer in their house a lot of times, and those computers were right there in the middle of the living room because most fa- most families didn't have a bunch of computers in the house, and everyone have their own computer, and everyone have their handheld computer. And so when it came to a lot of the looking at things they shouldn't be looking at, it was something done in secret or something done where they found a magazine or whatever. And guess what? That was obviously detrimental to people. But now this is so common. Kids have phones nonstop in their hands. And we actually sat down with Sam Black, who is the director of recovery at Covenant Eyes, which is an application that people can put onto their computers, onto their devices that hinders them from going and looking at inappropriate material. And when sitting down with him, one of the things we talked about is people don't realize, uh, I guess, the impact that pornography can have, and, and they really don't know 
how it can permeate into someone and how it starts and develops and becomes such a habit that it takes a lot of prayer. It takes going to the foot of the cross and it takes a lot to get us to a place where we can come to be healed of this horrible and and grievous sin. You know, I think sometimes we miss the idea, you know, God can do anything. He delivers people from booze and cigarettes and drugs and alcohol and pornography. God can do anything. But often he calls us on a journey with him, with the body of Christ, right? Where we learn to lean on Christ with childlike faith through a safe process that leads us through the foot of the cross where those bonds are broken. We can, we also need to understand that people didn't get here overnight. We often think that a man or woman is suddenly confronted with pornography and then they need to make a choice, a good choice or a bad choice. Uh, That we just need to make a, uh, that that's maybe the first time they're they're sort of confronted, even though we know that's not true, but suddenly that's the point in time where you just need to make the right choice. We might even say, well, you just need to take Jesus to the computer with you. But we're missing the idea that this likely started at a very young age. Uh, there's three commonalities that we see over and over again. This has back, been backed up by Christian counselors and addiction counselors. Three common components is early exposure, the ongoing repetition, and three, some drama or trauma that happened especially early in life. Now it can happen otherwise. But that early exposure can be so impactful to the brain and our neurochemistry that you ask about any adult the first time that they saw pornography. And they can't tell you anything else about that day, but they can tell you about a story about their first exposure to pornography. It's so impactful for the brain, and it's especially for a child who's never even doesn't even understand the basic mechanics of sex. And yet they've been exposed, especially today, to hardcore, demeaning, violent, debasing pornography. And we also sat down with author Kristen Jensen, who wrote the book Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, which deals with expressing with your kids some of the dangers of pornography and some of the images that they might see. And one of the things we talked about is people are really surprised, one, uh, regarding who would actually fall into this habit. But she also talks about a really sad and very difficult subject of a 17-year-old who was looking at things he shouldn't and then some of the repercussions of what took place because of that. I met a woman, her oldest son, 17 years old. Uh, they found out that he was sexually molesting his younger brothers and sisters from the 14-year-old to the 4-year-old. And pornography was involved. It was, it was fueling that. Um, and we find that today. There's so much sibling sexual trauma. There's a lot of concern about sibling sexual trauma, and it is being fueled by pornography. So let's give our kids a chance and teach them early so that they have a real choice to reject it. Now, you might think that's extreme, but that is exactly how the Bible describes sin. This is what happens with sin. It doesn't just sit in isolation. Sin begets sin. And so what we want to do is make sure that it's being eradicated. We need to recognize we're not wrestling simply against flesh and blood. There's principalities and powers. Satan would love to have you captive and chained to the sin of pornography addiction, sexual deviancy, and so forth. And this is the avenue by which he goes and attacks. 
And I want to encourage you, there is hope. And one of the things that Sam brought out is having people you can trust regarding this, having brothers and sisters in Christ that you can trust regarding this in terms of them holding you accountable, in terms of being able to pray alongside of them, give counsel and and so forth. And we have an article on goodfight.org that I had written a number of years ago, and it's called Pornography Through the Lenses of Scripture. And it ends this way regarding the fight that we need to recognize we're in. Quote, in Exodus chapter 17, we read of the battle of Amalek and Israel. Not only did Moses raise his arms to heaven, but his brothers came to his aid when he didn't have the strength to hold them up himself. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sunset. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Exodus 17, 11 through 13. This is where the body of Christ needs to step up. We need to hold our brother's arms up when they are lacking in strength. We need to make sure we hold each other accountable. If you are struggling with sin, find a brother that you can confide in and ask him to pray for you. As God puts it, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of the righteous man can accomplish much. James 5.16 Remember, don't let Google know more about your struggles than a brother in the Lord. Pray without ceasing. Do not simply pray that God will get you through the struggle. Pray until God gets you through the struggle and lean on your brothers. Carry one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. This is exactly what we need to do, brothers and sisters. We need to make sure that we are brothers and sisters that people can confide in with their sin so that they can get healing, that we can pray over them and they can gain the victory that could be theirs through the Lord Jesus Christ and in him. And I also want to encourage you guys, we have a couple of things I I really would love to get out before we get out of here. One of them, some of you may know that we have been part of a a campaign at our church at Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley. Not only have we been going door to door and trying to share the gospel all over this city, but also something we've done is send out a track to everyone in our town. That's over 40 4,000 homes that are receiving, actually it's more than a track, it's a booklet to share the gospel. And in fact, we have those available on our website for you to be able to use them as well. And we have been trying to get this out, but another thing we did was made a video. And sadly enough, YouTube, who a lot of people are watching on this show right now on, uh, flagged our video and basically took it down. So we have re-uploaded it and it has not been flagged and we want to make sure that you guys are able to get this out because we really do believe that the devil doesn't want you to see it and he doesn't want you to share it. This video is made to share. It not only presents the gospel, but it also shows exactly where a lot of the celebrities and so forth are at when it comes to their own health, their spiritual health and a lot of times their physical health and where that's the road that it sends them down. But it also presents at the end a number of testimonies, including my own, of people who have come out of the darkness and come into the dominion 
of Jesus' marvelous son. And I also want to invite you guys. We're going to be out in Texas. I will be there on Friday sharing, and Joe will be there on Saturday and Sunday as well, sharing with our brothers and sisters at Blessed Hope Texas in Bulverde, Texas. We cannot wait to get out there. You guys can join us. We'll put a link in the description for a little more of the details. You can go to blessedhopetexas.org and actually go up there and RSVP and let them know that you're going to be there because we can't wait to see you. This has been Chad Davidson, and this is the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.